With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. Hey, this is Mike with the Fin Fans Podcast. Each week we come to you, we bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. Uh, we uh, shoot straight, we, we don't BS anyone, and uh, here we go. And it's Wednesday, and I'm here with Kirk Marks. Welcome back, Kirk. Thanks a lot. Hello, Fin Fans. And Louis Ergoni. Hey, no welcome back to me, Mike. No, you're only got a week. Yeah, it's you know still deserving of a welcome back. A week. All a right, week. fine. Welcome back. Oh, thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Hope you had a nice time. <laughs> uh, a lot of work, Kirk. It's good to have you back, buddy. What has it been like? Uh, a year, eight months since you've been banned from the show. What? What? You know. <laughs> oh, How I, many got months it. I got. I got banned. Been? <laughs> it's been it's been a few months i've been busy <laughs> yeah yeah are you gonna uh talk about that a little bit that you're now a south uh, well um, i shouldn't say almost south yeah he's a floridian not a south uh, floridian. uh what is that middle of the state floridian central florida you're in dolphin land now or dolphin sea however you want to you know Act- you're gonna go through that again dolphin that world. last week how about <laughs> dolphin world mike is that good sounds like disney yeah, that's not good either. All right, so Dolphin Land. All right, you happy? Is that good? That sounds like Disney too. <laughs> West Coast Disney. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't know. Welcome to Dolphin. Uh, Dolphinville. D- Dolphinville. There you go. There you go. There you go. Dolphinville, Kirk. It's good to have you down here in Florida. We can work with that. Yes, sir. All right, so we got some things to talk about today. The uh, Dolphins were... Um, insanely busy last friday they they kind of shook the uh nfl with uh a couple of trades they had worked out with the uh 49ers and the eagles uh you want to talk a little bit about that lewis uh yeah i mean i kept getting i was kind of busy working i was over in arizona and i kept getting phone calls from my son phone calls from you text messages from both of you guys and text messages from a few other a few other people and I was like what the hell is going on you know the first trade went through and I was like okay um I thought about it for a second and I'm like yeah, you didn't like it initially you know what I didn't because you know I'm like man oh man I mean yeah we picked up two draft picks but to give up that that three spot I mean, God, that's, you know, that's going to be a stud right there. And that's exactly what we need on this football team. And, um, you know, anytime you make a trade, you don't know where those draft picks are going to be. I mean, they could be in the, you know, the bottom third of the draft, you know, going forward. You don't know how good these teams are going to be, the teams you're trading with. And, um, you know, that's the point of it. I mean, to get a top three pick does not come around all that often, guys, you know. So no, that's it the- doesn't. That's the way I was looking at it. Um, 
And then the trade back, the trade down to number 12, I was like, holy crap. Now, you know, you're looking at, you know, the, you're looking at a guy that's not even going to be maybe the top player at his possession position at that point. So, yeah, I was a little, you know, I was a little like in between on it, but more on the sour side than, than the positive side. Yeah, you I would thought say. they moved down too far. That, yes, that was, exactly. That's what you were telling me. And then um, about five minutes later, <laughs> <laughs> they moved right back up to six, and you were happy again. I was happy, yes. I was happy. I went from, you know, questioning it to uh, to being somewhat happy. Because at number six, you're still going to get a very, very good pick there. A guy at – probably the best guy at his position, even at number six. Maybe not quarterback, which I don't think we're drafting regardless, but I think any other position – um, you know, of need for this football team, we're going to get a really good football player, um, to, you know, to plug in. Uh, how'd you see it, Kirk? I felt basically the same way when I saw that they dropped back to 12. I'm like, oh, here we go. Another opportunity where we had a chance to get a real good player and we're, we're sitting back at 12. So I was upset. You know, I, I tried to talk myself into being happy that we had those extra first round picks for the next couple of years. And before I could really even let it settle in, that other trade happened that got us to six. And the first thing I thought about was they wanted to get back there because they definitely have somebody targeted if they wanted to give away one of those ones next year to be able to get some guy that they definitely want. So it all worked out good as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I I just think they felt they'll be able to take the person at six that they would have gotten at three. And, uh, uh, picked up an additional first-round pick and an additional third-round pick for it. So, you know, in the end, I think it benefited them and will benefit them as long as they draft the right player, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. in the draft. That's, you know, it, that, that's the whole thing. you got to draft the right guy, the guy that's going to lift your football team. Yeah, that's a great point, Mike. You know, the fact that going from three to six, I'm sure they have a, at least two or three guys that – they're targeting, and I'm sure they expect at least two out of the three to possibly be there because supposedly everybody in front of us is now drafting a quarterback, which you know I find mind-boggling. But um, well, they're saying the top four picks could conceivably be quarterbacks, so that means you'll have one player taken. Most people think it's going to be Sewell, right? And uh, then we'll have our choice of uh, the wide receiver or the tight end or. Just about anybody else. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm having a hard time with you know, with that. You know Jacksonville's going that route. The Jets are in between. I mean, they still have Darnold. Unless they work out a trade for him, mm-hmm. it, to me that doesn't make any sense for them to draft another quarterback. Unless, of course, like I said, Darnold is a, you know, is a, is a trade piece to something you know down the line the where they're picking up more draft picks the following year whatever san francisco i could see going quarterback absolutely atlanta i mean matt ryan is still still playing at a, at a high level i mean i think he's still got three four solid years in him and atlanta has a lot of needs elsewhere um cincinnati i mean <laughs> you know i can't see them taking a quarterback so um, you know, I, I just don't know where they're saying four quarterbacks are going to go in front of us. I just, I just can't say it. Do you guys say it that way? Well, Jackson, mean, Jacksonville, we know is taking Lawrence. The coach yes. has come out and said that. Yes. Then it's a matter of what you think the Jets are going to do it too. Right. 
you know, some people think they're going to take the quarterback. And then you've got uh, San Francisco at three. They're definitely taking a quarterback or you don't, you don't give up all those picks. So exactly. That, that's done. Yep. Uh, and then it's just a matter of the fourth team, uh, you know, whether or not they take a quarterback. So we'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see what happens. You know, I mean, these, these things, you don't always know what you think, you know, you know, the draft is funny sometimes. Uh-huh. There's always people that can trade up in those slots as yep. well, you know, yep. To, yep. to take the quarterback. So, I mean, that's a possibility as well, but, um, you know, regardless of the fact at number six, you know, we've got it, we've got to get a stud there. Um, at a neat position. And I think, like you said, Mike, I mean, great point. I don't think it's going to hurt them in any way, shape, or form dropping from three to six. No. And, and like I said, they did pick up, you know, a, a first round pick. It's not going to be until 2023, but, you know, we'll appreciate it then more than we do today. Well, we sure in the hell will. You know, yeah. I don't care about it right now. I want now and, you know, right. and that's it, you know. Right, right. Exactly. So, you know, but, but then we'll appreciate it. Uh, now there is the possibility, you know, at, at, at six that they trade back a spot or two or three, you know, so anything could happen there. You've got a couple of teams that, that could want a quarterback just below us. So, mm-hmm. uh, that, that may open up another opportunity for them to acquire some picks if they should, should to choose to do that. Yeah, you really start rolling the dice, Mike. You know, we talked about this during the week when you do that. Because you know, my, yeah, my thought is you stay where you are. But, you know, I could see them doing it. I mean, I wouldn't say it's out of the question. Yeah, what's that, Kirk? So would you guys be okay with uh, what Carolina's sitting at eight? If yep. they came to six, I don't think that Detroit's going to take a quarterback at seven. So right. I, that's one of the reasons why I wouldn't think that Carolina would jump us because – thinking that Detroit's not going to take anything at seven. They know we're not taking a quarterback, so they could pretty much stay where they're at and get the next quarterback available. Yes. They could take that chance, or they, they could be afraid that maybe the Lions will trade back. Which is That's possible. I mean, right. it's always possible. But, to, I mean, if I'm the Panthers, I'm not giving up anything to move up two slots. I mean, I'm kind of in agreement on you, Kirk. And, yeah, there's always that gamble. But Detroit <laughs> – you know, that's another team that has a ton of needs. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can very well see them going receiver. I mean, they, uh, you know, they, they lost Galladay, right? They lost Marvin Jones. I mean, they they have a depleted receiving core right now. So, you know, if the Dolphins are looking at wide receiver, they better get the guy that they want because I'm sure right behind us, Detroit's going to take a receiver. I think that that's a major, major need for that for that team right now. So, you know, we'll see what happens, but um, well, keep in mind there are a couple of teams below us that need quarterbacks. The Patriots being one of them. The Patriots, right? Um, you know, Denver. Yeah. So possibly. there are there are, yeah, there are teams that you know legitimately could be looking to move up, and so anything is possible. Anything is possible, absolutely. You know, the Patriots at number fifteen. Um, boy, they'd have to give up an awful lot for a team to trade all the way down to 15 though, Mike, you know, I mean, that's, yeah, but Belichick's getting old. Do you think he cares? I don't know. 
I don't know what he cares about. I don't think that guy cares about anything. No, you know, no, you know. But what I'm saying is, how long is he going to be there? If he's given up picks in 23, maybe he's thinking he's not going to be there anyway. So what's the difference? Well, there's going to be people that are there in the organization, Mike. I don't know if they would actually allow him to do <laughs> yeah, something. Exactly. I mean, that would be happening an awful lot, right? Uh-huh. You know, if if it was one guy making the decisions, you'd be like, yeah, just trade the future away. I'm only going to be here the next two years. I want to win these next two years. I don't give a damn what we do right. three, four years down exactly. the line. So. so, yeah. So, anyway. So, b- big news broke, uh, which we all expected. They, they uh, agreed to add a 17th game. And uh, it's not something I'm crazy about personally. Uh for a lot of different reasons. I mean, I, you know, I remember the NFL when we played 14 games and, uh, you know, if, if you lost four games or or more than four games, you were going to have a hard time making the playoffs. Right. And, uh, then they expanded to 16 games. And now, you know, if you, if you lose seven, you have a hard time making the playoffs. Not that it can't be done. I know the NFC East has been horrible, but the point is it's difficult to get to the playoffs in most divisions with a nine and seven record. Right. And now you're adding another game. And I just think it, what, it, what it does is it kind of takes away the importance of winning every week, you know? And, mm-hmm. and that's, the, that's the part that bothers me. And of course, the plus is you get to see more football. And, you know, who doesn't want to see more football? Mm-hmm. Now, Kirk, what do you think? Go ahead, Kirk. I'm thinking that they're getting back into my pocket <laughs> for that, that ninth game. Well, that's what, that's what I figured you were thinking. <laughs> yeah, money. <laughs> yep. Well, how is that working, you know, in, in a few situations? Number one, so basically you're going to have half of the teams with one more home game than the other. Yeah, they'll, they'll rotate it. It'll, it'll be one year. It'll be the AFC that plays at home. The next year it'll be the NFC that plays at home. I got you. And they're still going to have a bye week. Yes, one. So basically, they're start starting the season a little bit earlier, minus a couple I of exhibition th- I games. Think I think they're ending it a week earlier. But yeah, they are they are doing away with an exhibition game. All right. So my assumption oh, is I'm is ending that, it a week later. I should have said. Yeah. Okay. So oh, the season's ending a week later, and yes. there's still going to be two yeah. weeks in between. Yeah, they're going to move the Super Bowl, I believe, a week. Oh wow. Wow. So you, we're talking about the Super Bowl being played in the middle of February. Oh, my goodness. Boy, right around when spring training starts as well. That's crazy, isn't it? To some extent. Well, I um, don't, don't think the NFL doesn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, you know, I, I get why they're doing it. There's a lot of money involved. Okay. Um, number one, number two, um, as you mentioned, you know, it leaves a lot of possibilities open for a lot more teams. Exactly. Which of course creates more interest, which of course sells more tickets. Exactly. Um, the, the, the thing I don't like about it is this is like, I'm a statistics guy, right? And you know, guys that are going to be putting up numbers in a 17 game season compared to the guys that you, you know what you mentioned earlier Mike the 14 game season yeah um you know it, you can't compare it anymore you know the the records and all that even 16 to 17 games i mean one extra game is a major difference when it comes to records and stuff and and i've always loved that about sports is statistics and comparing you know players and and be all of them being basically on the same 
playing field, level playing field. Um, when they went from 14 to 16 games and guys were getting 1,000 yards and doing this and doing that, it wasn't the same as guys like Merck and, and Zonk doing it. You know, I'll use no. our, you know, our right. home team doing it in 14 games. You know, they had two extra games to get to that plateau. And the same thing goes for quarterback statistics as far as throwing 30 touchdown passes in a year, whatever the case may be. Um, I'm an old school guy when it comes to that. And statistically, that's what bothers me, you know, that sort of thing. And I know it it's irrelevant, but, um, you know, in my mind, it's not. You know, I always like to look at numbers and comparing guys and so on and so forth. And I'll tell you, you know, with the rule changes and now with an extra game, it's, it, you know, the numbers are just going to be through the roof. They really are. I mean, you're going to have guys throwing 50 touchdown passes in a season, yep. Yep. you know, year in and year out. So, yep. Throwing for 4,000 yards won't be such a challenge anymore. Right. You know, 2,000 yards rushing. Uh-huh. You know, you may have guys receiving for 2,000 yards. Who knows? I mean, but, you know, it's, you know, there comes a point where maybe it, it, it's just too long, right? You know, and you can look at this in a lot of different ways. Well, I a lot the- of the players aren't happy about it. They barely passed the players, uh, so they were almost 50-50 on it, you know, uh, in favor. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I understand why they're not for it. You know, their bodies t- take a toll We're playing 16 games, and asking them to play a 17th game is, you know, that much more they're going to get hit. Right. And then you throw playoff games in the Super Bowl if you make it that far. I yeah. mean, you're playing – you know, 20, 21 games in a year. I mean, that that is a lot of football. Yeah, we a talk about the rookie wall. We're going to have a veteran wall if they keep it up. <laughs> going to have a wall, period, right? Regardless of what age these guys are at. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you like the 17th game, Kirk? I mean, I don't, I don't really think we need the 17th game. I kind of liked it the way it was. The, the problem I see with the 17th game is – the way we had preseason set up, when we actually had preseason, they had a better shot evaluating some of these players. Right. And I think that it's going to be a lot tougher because you had a, you know, you had that one game that they they had the starters play to get ready for the season. Now, how does that work with you're trying to evaluate these other kids and see them play? It's they only have two games. It's going to be one away, one home. When I talked to my uh, ticket rep yesterday and. I just don't – I think the evaluation process is going to get hurt because they're, they're going to have to see a lot more during these well, uh, OTAs and this other stuff. They'll have three uh, preseason games, Kirk. What's that? They're only doing away with one. They'll have three. Oh, okay, because yesterday my guy told me two. No, I, from what I heard, it's three. So unless he heard something different, right? they're taking away one game. So right. I, now, you know, if they go to 18 games, then I, then I could see them taking away two. Or if if not eliminating the preseason altogether, yeah, I mean something. It would be. I mean, listen. The thing the thing about it is this: is that I've always felt that um, you know they're evaluating these guys for the most part during practices and seeing how they're lining up and 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 they're you know what they're doing, how they're attaining information from the classroom to right. the field, and those are the things they're looking at. Right. The amount of time that they literally get on the field in the preseason to me um, is not an awful lot. You know, the whole process, especially as you mentioned, Kirk, like a road game, right? 
you know, they, they got to pack up, they got to travel to wherever, you know, it takes time away. I'd rather them just sit there and have a couple of days of practice and call it a day rather than going through that whole spiel of a, of a preseason game for them to get in for a quarter or two. And then, you know, they bring in some other guys and then they bring in some other guys. And I know it's somewhat important because you're seeing them in game day action. But, um, you know, I think most of the time in today's NFL, it's it's a whole situation where they're just evaluating these guys day to day in practice. Um, I, I think the importance of the exhibition games uh, went out the window years ago. Um you know, and, you know, that's just my thought on it. I mean, you guys may think differently, but, um, you know, that's my thought on it. I think that these guys, you know, they've, they've made, they've made the team or, or became a starter because of what they're doing more so on the practice field every day than it is in, you know, a couple quarters of an exhibition. Well, it's also, game. it's also what they're being paid. Uh, you know, that factors in as well. Uh, you're, you're, Rookies are going to make the team now, unless they're really, really terrible. They're going to make the team, right? Um, you know, so it's not like they're even fighting for a job. They're going to make the team, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, your your older, high priced vets aren't. They're they're going to be waived, so they're not they're not going to win a spot because this is all predetermined because they have to meet their salary cap. So, right, you know, a lot of it is already said and done before they ever hit the field. Is what I'm saying. Right. Decisions are already made. Yep. Yep. Regardless of whether, uh, you know, it becomes a man. Listen, it's a business now. We all understand that. Yep. It's not, you know, it's not. I mean, listen, Flores does a great job of evaluating. And um, I think him more so than a lot of people in the NFL. Well, you know, he'll, he may, these guys may make the team, these draft picks, Mike, but they may not see the field. And, and you know, monogamy. Uh, is a perfect example of that from last season. Right. You know, we sort of need him uh, start the majority of the year and get a lot more playing time than him. So he does a really good job of putting the better player on the football field, regardless of where they were drafted. I don't think he really gives a shit, you know? Hey, guys, this is Mike again, uh, breaking in for a second just to ask a favor of you. We would like to request that you go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review and rate the show. Uh, Let us know how we're doing. We'd very much appreciate it. Thank you. And fins up. I think you're probably right. I mean, there are some questions as to the quarterback situation last year, and there's some speculation that Flores wasn't the guy that made that decision because uh, a couple of weeks earlier he was saying that if he was my kid, he wouldn't be playing. He's not yep. ready. Yep. And that, now all of a sudden he's out there. So, you know, I mean, there was some speculation that maybe that came down from ownership. Who knows? But, uh, you know, uh, when you watch Flores, he, he really does try to win. Uh, he really does try and put his team in the best position to win. And uh, he's been pretty damn successful at doing it. I mean, you know, they won 10 games last year, and nobody expected that. So I I give him a lot of respect right now, and I hope it continues. Uh, This year will be a tougher challenge for him simply because they're going to be indoctrinating a lot of more young people into this group. And, uh, you know, they're really going to have to coach their butts off, uh, you know, to get these guys to uh, perform, especially the offensive line. They've, they've got to perform better than they did last year to give our quarterback an opportunity. Now, did you guys uh, happen to see the um, breakdown that Kirk Warner, Kurt Warner did on uh, Tua? 
I saw what he wrote. Then I did w- you actually see the video? I didn't get a chance to see the video. I just saw the uh, the text part of it. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Mike. There's three parts on YouTube. It's not long, maybe a half hour in total. Whoa. And uh, what it is, is he, he goes through his, his strengths and his weaknesses. And I thought he did a really, really good job with it. Um, he shows you that, you know, Tua, uh, when he was running in the RPO world, he did very, very well. Uh, he threw well with anticipation. He threw accuracy, you know, accurately, and uh, uh, he really had little trouble with that. Uh, where he started to have difficulty was second reads in the intermediate throws, you know, because he would panic in the pocket. He would get happy feet, or you know, uh, his drop wouldn't be perfect, you know, where you know where he ended up, and he wasn't in time to throw properly, uh, you know, in sync with the receivers. So it was inter- it was an interesting watch, and I'd recommend that people look it up on YouTube. Just look uh, for Kurt Warner into a Tungabailoa, and you'll find it. And uh, that's that's a good watch. It's it's very very interesting, and I thought he was very very accurate with his uh, critiques. Um, so and, you know, it shows you exactly where Tua needs to improve, and uh, uh, for him to do that, I really do think they're going to need to play better on the offensive line because that's obviously uh, a concern. Uh, you know, he he can't be harassed uh, and be expected to have patience in the pocket. So. You know, it kind of goes hand in hand is what I'm saying. If we want him to get better, the line has to get better as well. All offense as a whole, Mike, has to get better. The receivers have to catch yep. footballs. They, you know, they're, and I think they're they're going in that direction. And obviously this draft, I mean, listen, we didn't even talk about the fact that we still have a second pick. We keep talking about this number six pick. We still have another pick at number 18, which is which is a nice, solid place to draft as well, right? Yep. So, you know, with all that being said, you know, if they do in fact decide to take this tight end at number six, you know, they could come back and get, they're not going to get, you know, one of the two, maybe even three best receivers in the draft. But at number 18, you could still get a really, really good draft pick there. And you you just don't know how this is going to unfold. But, you know, the fact that we have that second one, we can always move up. You know, we now have the luxury of having that first rounder a couple of years down the line. So who knows, you know, what we do, you know, it's a lot of these mock drafts are putting Parsons to new England. Then I would hate to see that. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mike, the mock drafts, I can't even begin to tell you how many different scenarios I've, I've oh, seen. Yeah. I just get tired yeah, of I it. Know. You know? I know. I'm not, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a mock draft fan either. No, but it's, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. They have us taking so many different guys with those two picks. Yeah. Absolutely insane. I mean, my thought is this, you know, if you want to do a mock draft and you think you're going to be anywhere near accurate with it, just sit in front of the TV on draft day and try and pick the picks right before the guys are on the clock. That's tough to do. Right. It is. Exactly. Even when you know <laughs> what's what's happened in front Who's of you. Who's been at taken. That point. Right. Exactly. Right. Yep. Exactly. It's just so all over the place. And there's so many smoke screens that are thrown up. Yep. Oh yeah, there's going to be. The, um, we're taking a quarterback. We're doing. The, you know, it's nonsense. I mean, we've seen it year in and year out. Like, you know, just the unexpected on a consistent basis. And I yep. mean, that, that guys makes falling sense. that you don't expect to fall, and just all yes. kinds of stuff. You know. So mm-hmm. anyway, the draft is always going to be, you know, <laughs> 
kept in check. You know, I mean, we know who the Jaguars are taking. If Urban Meyer was uh, honest, and no reason to think he wouldn't be. So, I mean, that that pick is done. But from there on, it's anybody's guess. Yeah, we're not we're not sure that the the Jets are taking a quarterback anyway. They no, can have we're somebody. Not. Somebody could come in there and offer them something that they can't refuse, and they can get more draft picks and build their future. They could. They could be tempted. I mean, they've got a quarterback. It's not like they don't have one. So, you know, they could keep Darnold and uh, go from there and make something of those, you know, that pick because uh, it would certainly be expensive to take it. They'd be smart to take the tackle. They'd be smart to take Sewell to protect Darnold and go from there. You know, they signed some receivers. Uh, they've got to get some more playmakers on that offensive side. Their defense is okay right now. They're not horrible. Um, but, you know. Sewell and Beckton on the same line, and that would be oh, scary. Oh, my God, absolutely. I mean, you know, that, that's where it all starts. And, um, you know, listen, I wouldn't be – I'm not going to be unhappy if he's still sitting there at number six and we take him. I mean, I know it's not a, you know, fancy-schmancy draft pick, but – you know, the point of the matter is, is that you get a guy like that playing left tackle for you. I mean, I mean, that's going to make Tua's job a hell of a lot easier. And then that's, that's the, you know, that's the key right now. Right. Yep. I mean, you could have guys running all over the place. If he doesn't have time to throw the football, it doesn't make a difference. Right. I well, mean, he we, needs to, he needs to feel comfortable when he drops back. I mean, that, you know, exactly. within reason, within reason. I mean, the Super Bowl proved that, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't have protection up front. I don't give a damn who your quarterback is or your receivers or how fast your receivers are, how good they are. If you don't have blocking up front, it, it wrecks, it's meaningless. It wrecks, it wrecks the timing of the play. It just it it's very, very difficult. So yep. anyway, uh Kirk, what do you got to add? Well, I don't like that. I I wouldn't like that pick at six. I'd be okay with it. But I if I just don't see him moving back up and giving that next year's first round pick away to get that tackle. One thing that I do think is going to happen though, and I you know, it's just a it's just a guess like anything else, is that I don't I think Lamar Chase might end up with Cincinnati because okay. of Burrow. Because if Burrow's pounding the, very, you know, the very table possible. for him, uh huh. That's very his possible. guy. Um and I and I sure don't I don't know what Atlanta's gonna do. Who's to say Atlanta doesn't take that tight end? You know, so we, we we do have the luxury of having about four people sitting there that we can get one of the four because Waddle and Smith might still and, be Well, there. I was going to say, then you take Smith and you call it a day. Yeah. Wouldn't be the end of the world, right? Right. But now that I'm I'm not on this show this often, so I'll just let you guys know right now that, that I would love to have Pitts myself. That's me. I'd like to see two tight ends, and both of them can be problems for the defense. So that, that would be my, you know, like last year I banked, a lot of people agree with you. I, I listen. I, <laughs> I would not be unhappy about that move either. I mean, I would love to see that. And um, you know, Atlanta's got a pretty good tight end. You know, Hayden Hurst, I think, had a. Pre- I mean, um, yeah. Did I say Atlanta? Yes. I mean, they they've yeah. got a nice tight end there, Kirk. I can't see them taking a tight end with all their needs on the defensive side as well. Um, you know, at receiver, they're pretty set, but, uh, they don't have a running back either. I mean, that team has a lot of needs. I mean, I, I just can't see them taking the tight end. Um, so I think that he's going to be there at number six. Um, you know, Sewell, 
I'm not so sure if he'll be there at number six, but this is the great thing. The Dolphins, obviously, whoever they're eyeballing, they feel is going to be there. That's why they right. moved down to begin with. If they felt that their guy or guys, one of the two or three that they're eyeballing was not going to be there, then they wouldn't have traded down. They wouldn't have taken the risk. Listen, if you've got a very similar grade on uh, Smith and uh, what's the other kid's name Chase. from Alabama? No, the other one, Waddle. Waddle. Oh, Waddle. Waddle, yeah. If you got a similar grade on those two players, uh, then you're happy trading back. Right. Because you know that one of them is going to be there, if not both. Exactly. And hell, Waddle may be there at 18. I mean, who knows? You well, don't we, know we don't know, but I, I'm just saying, if right. you're Miami and you're you're thinking of trading back, you're doing it exactly for the reason that you said. You have a feeling the guy that you want is going to be there. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, obviously there's more than one guy they like, mm-hmm. and uh, they probably have a you know a bunch of guys with similar grades that they're comfortable with in that in that position. So, we'll find out who that is next month, but. Uh, uh, it's it's always fun to watch the draft. This isn't really a show that we, we prepared to be talking draft, but uh, uh, with with the trade down and and all that nonsense, uh, you know, uh, it, it kind of came up and it turned into a draft show. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I could see the Dolphins trading back if they get the opportunity, like we said before, just depending on you know how many teams are uh, clamoring to get those quarterbacks. And that's really what's going to determine whether or not uh, we stay at six, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I will say this. The teams that draft in between um, us and us drafting again at 18, there's a lot of teams that need uh, receivers yep. among them. You know, the Patriots – depending on what they do with their quarterback, you know, if they, you know, if they're all gone, then you could see them taking a receiver. Um, there's talk that the Cardinals are looking at one of the receivers. Um, the Chargers could could always use a receiver. Um, some of their guys are getting a little old. The Eagles, 110% need a receiver. The Giants need a receiver. I mean, so, you know, you can see a lot of those, you know, the receivers pretty much all gone by the time we draft at number 18. So that's another thing that they're going to have to take into consideration. Yeah. Yeah. That, no, that. no doubt. If you, if you move back, you're still moving back with the thought you're getting who you want or you don't move back. Right. So anyway, uh, anything else you wanted to add, Lewis? In regard to this subject, I think we covered it. I mean, Kirk may have a couple of other things there. No, I don't. I don't have too much. I, you know, I, I, I just hope that we take weapons. That's you yes. know, I, 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 last year we did what we had to do. Now we need some weapons, and we need some young kids that can go out there and get some separation, or run the football real hard, and they stay healthy, and we wear teams down. But we, we, if we're going to go anywhere with our offense. And that team to go. Our defense is, you know, we can add the parts we need, but we really do need to get some offensive weapons like these other teams have. You're not happy with Fuller? I, if he can stay on the field. Well, that, if, that's our that's our life story at wide receiver, isn't it? Exactly. Well, a, we need, it, it, yeah, that goes for any position, though. Let's assume he's going to be on the field, right? So, yep. you know, I mean, he, he's going to be a plus. You know, it's something that um, – you know, listen, I, I'm very high on Fuller. I think he's a major talent. And if he can, in fact, stay on the field, uh, he's going to be productive as long as our quarterback gets him the football. I mean, you've got 
listen, you've got three really solid receivers. I mean, I, you know, Preston Williams, I like. Um, he's a guy that won't even be a starter at this point, right? You got to figure Devontae and Fuller will be our starters. So when you got a guy like Preston Williams as your number three right now, I mean, that's not bad. And then you throw a few of these other guys. Well, if, if Wilson's thick, right, right, he may be exactly. your number three. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, they're different receivers, Mike. I mean, yep. you know, I, I can see Preston Williams per se getting a lot more targets than than Wilson for different reasons. But then again, who knows? I mean, with two or a quarterback, you know, Wilson may be the more valuable guy. I just don't know. I mean, and we don't know. But the bottom line is, is that, um, you know, they've got, they've got four guys there that, that can be productive. And if you draft a young kid to replace, you know, because obviously two of our receivers are pretty much done after this season in regard to their contracts. So you got to assume they're going to take one, if not two receivers in this draft. I mean, they're in a good position, you know, one way or another. I mean, six and 18, I mean, <laughs> we're in a great position regardless. I mean, we should be able to get two solid players. They have to get guys that are going to be starters, you know, may, if not, at the beginning of the season, but at least at some point. Well, during we, we talked season. about it, I don't know, five or six weeks ago. Greer's got to hit home runs. That's it. Yep. Bottom line, you know, he's got to. Um, the trading and everything is fantastic. Picking up all these first-round picks is fantastic. I mean, it's great. It's it, When you look at it on paper, you're like, wow, look at this. We got two first-rounders this year, two second-rounders. But you got to get the players. You got to start getting guys in here that are going to make difference and difference. Well, you know, the more games. the more picks you get, the more swings at the you know ball you get. That's the way it works. And uh, you know, the more swings you get, the more you're going to hit it. So that's just the way it is. And that's Sometimes. that's why that's well that's why they accumulate <laughs> the picks. You can't be a two twenty hitter though, Mike. You know, you nope. can see a lot of pitches over the course of a game, but you know, you got to start hitting. You know. Got on these picks. We got to start hitting on them. Well, hey, if you, you know? can, if you can't hit, you're going to be replaced. Yep, exactly. And we got to hit home runs, Mike. That's the thing. I mean, we're hitting. You know, we're hitting, but we're not hitting home runs. And right. you know, you just mentioned it a minute a minute ago. I mean, we're doing a decent job. I mean, we're getting decent players, but you know, the singles, the doubles. You know, we got to start hitting home runs. Yep. You know, that's and, the bottom. But you line. need the singles and doubles too. So. Absolutely. They're yeah. there. But now the home yeah. runs have to come. Now the home runs have to right. come. So Got to have the clean Greer, up hitter. Greer has his work cut out for him. And, uh, you know, so far this season for his maneuvering, I, I like what he's done. And yep. uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that and wait for next month and uh, see how the draft turns out. Right. Kirk, I'm glad you got to join us this, e this uh, afternoon or evening, whatever it is. Did we answer the questions that were submitted, Mike? Oh, no. Let's do that. Let's do that. I forgot all oh, about okay. it. Yeah, yeah, because I know you mentioned something before we got on in regard to that. Now, I'm going to be honest. I didn't think these were fabulous questions, but we were asked some questions. And, and oh, a couple you just of threw here. people under the bus, Mike. Well, um, when I ask the question, you'll hear. Um, <laughs> does this finally look like uh, the Dolphins are following the right approach, and uh, is this our best chance at success compared to previous uh, regimes i'm gonna let kirk go every time first on these things go ahead kirk that works for me uh the proof is in the pudding 
I definitely believe that we're we're going the right direction. I'm happy to see what we're you know what we're doing, what they're coming up with, and they are building something special here. So we should enjoy the ride. So yes, we are going the right direction. So you're on the Chris Greer and Brian Flores fan club. I am until I'm not. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Lewis, do you want to answer that or? Well, no? I'm on one of their bandwagons. Let's just say that you and, like Flores uh, a lot. Of course, how can you not? You know, I mean, like like Kirk just said, the proof is in the pudding, right? So right now, you know, you got to give Flores a higher grade to some extent than you do the other fella. Um, you know, but we'll see. You know, time will tell, right? I mean, this draft's very important. Last year's draft and and where those guys wind up and, you know, in regard to their their play this coming season is vital. It's absolutely vital. You know, NFL careers and that window opens and closes extremely quickly. You know, this team's going to be a completely different team in a year from now, two years from now. So, yeah. you know, you got these draft picks. You got to get guys that are in here and productive right now because it's it's not that far down the line where we're not going to see Devontae Parker. We're not going to, you know, maybe not see Gasek. I mean, who knows? We just don't know. Um, with the way contracts are being written these days and the money that's being thrown at these guys, we can't assume anything. Well, what right? we know this is 30% of your roster and maybe even more than that turns over each year. So it's crazy. You know, yeah. Yep. It's crazy. So, I mean, you know, we've, we've got to do it here and now. So yes, I'm halfway on the bandwagon right now. I mean, this draft is going to be telling. There's no question about it. That question was from Mark Rutherford. Uh, Tracy A's asks, uh, do you think Miami might still do another trade if, say, uh, Fields or Lance is still available? Meaning, will they trade back? And we we sort of discussed that already. Mm-hmm. Rick Rogers asked, what's the odds of Miami taking the uh, high-breed tight end from Florida and pissing off Mr. Hawk, who's Mr. Hawk is in our group, and he's a big, 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 big Mike Gesicki fan. <laughs> it would help Gesicki. Go ahead, Kirk. I'm going to let you answer it because I said, you know, and then we'll go from there. All right. Well, we did just uh, – I just talked about having two tight ends. <laughs> you did? Yeah. Yeah. So, they yep. can – I believe they can coexist and they could they could both be monsters. And it would help Kasicki because they can't just cover him if they got to cover both of them. Yeah. They, some, somebody said that if you put both Kasicki and Pitts out there, you're, you know, you're sort of telling the defense, we ain't running. What? And well, because neither one of them are good blockers, so he, right. he he's thinking that you know it's a it's a sign to the defense that we're probably passing. And uh, my response to that was, most teams pass most of the time anyway, so you're not really telling anybody anything that they don't know. Uh, well, let's go a step further with. Well, let me finish my thought. Okay, go ahead. Uh, when you put guys like that out there, the defense has to match up with them, and that's the challenge. Uh, you know, if you're putting a a, a safety up on Kasiki, you expect Kasiki to win that matchup. Uh, then they've got to match up on the other side on Pitts. So, you know, how are you going to match up with these guys uh, speed-wise and contain them? And uh, if you're successful throwing the ball with them on the field, you're not going to need to run it. Right. So, it, you know, the the offense can dictate to the defense what they want to do is really what I'm saying. Well, I mean, you look at our running game when Fitzpatrick was quarterbacking this football team over the last couple of years, right? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, uh, was there a running game? No. Was the offense successful? Yes. Bottom line, right? So if you have two tight ends on the field, obviously, like you mentioned, Mike, the defenses are going to match up against that, right? Right. So would you rather have a safety come up and the tight end blocking a safety, or would you, would you rather have an Albert Wilson in the slot, you know, with a corner or a safety up on him? And running the football in those formations, it's all relative. I mean, and, and the other thing that, that I didn't say that I should have is, you know, the pass sometimes sets up the run as well. Right, exactly. I mean, in today's NFL, I don't think teams are overly concerned with running the football. That's the bottom line. Um, you know, look at not Kansas. unless they're good at it. T- Tennessee runs because they can run. Yes. <laughs> Henry is a beast, and you know. They're an exception to the rule, though, Mike. Yes. Yeah, but there's a few teams. San Francisco kind of lives the same way. There's a few teams that do that. Yeah. I mean, but the team, you look at the teams in the, you know, that were in the playoffs, and and you look at Buffalo, right? Yep. And you look at Kansas City. They both played in the championship game. Uh, Their running games are an afterthought, right? Yep. And they were two of the best offenses in football. I mean, you know, bottom line, that's it. Uh, There are teams that have a nice balanced offense, and I love that personally. I mean, again, and I know you do, Mike, and I know, Kirk, you do. I mean, we're all old school. We we all enjoy the balance of an offense. But, you know, in today's NFL, you know, to me it seems like, you know, every plays from, you know, is ran through shotgun. Uh, A lot of the quarterbacks aren't on the center anymore. And we're passing the ball probably – what 60 70 percent of the time if not more or if you're games. if you're running yeah. it's your quarterback doing the running <laughs> right exactly in certain situations yep. so i mean like you mentioned mike the running game is sort of like you know set up by the passing game you know instead of the opposite now if we go out and we draft a running back that just blows it up fantastic but um you know today's nfl it just doesn't seem like that's you know that that's the norm no, no. And, uh, you know, we miss that a little bit. I, I miss the Larry Zonka going up through the middle and, you know, making guys bleed. I, I do. I miss that. But, you know, the game has changed. And, uh, uh, you know, I certainly enjoyed watching Marino air it out. And, and I'll enjoy whatever we do as long as we do it well. That's right. Uh, on that note, I think we're uh, about done with this episode. Uh, thanks for joining me, guys. Very welcome, Mike. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, We'll be back next week. And until then, fins up. Fins up. Fins up, Dow fans. All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the FinFans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. Podcast Network.